issue with his voice. He's a little hoarse. And so if he flipped me the mic, it's the same lesson. Mm-hmm. We're going to teach the same thing. We tag team today. Yeah. All right? That's All good. Right. Man of hey. God, come on. If you bring, it up to, bring the chair up here, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Is my mic on? Is my mic on? All right. Just trying to make sure the mic is on. What that guy name? Uh, we were talking about yesterday. Is it Lou Ross? You'll never know. Oh, you'll never find. You'll never find. <laughs> Pastor like me. That's enough. <laughs> but God bless you. Prior to coming up here, Chairman Noah took a break and went and got me some honey. So I had to coat my throat. So really what's going on, I'm battling with this pollen. Uh, normally every so many years it'll hit me, but I think this year hit me the hardest. Um, I was on vacation and uh, I, I pretty much was in the bed most of the time because of the uh, of the pollen, and then while I was at a, uh, at the uh, condo on the beach, a tornado was not too far from our location. So my wife is doing this, you know, European thing. She wants to look out the window, and she wants the, the blind so she can see the light. I said, "Girl, are you crazy? Said, don't do that. We don't we don't do that where we come from, you know." Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Acting like, acting like Elizabeth. Anyway, so, so she want to open the blinds, and you know, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you, you stand by that as a motion, you may track the lightning. And then she got a phone in her hand. What are you doing? You know, you know. So can I have? No, you're not gonna open that one. No, you're not gonna have the blind open. Just get in the bed and just, just pretend you can see it. So it was one of those vacations. I'll make it back up to you next year, honey. Uh, this year. When it's lightning, I don't play with lightning. Amen. And our coach, we say, be quiet. God is trying to tell us something. Amen. <laughs> See, something you learn from being as a child, you just never get over it. Well, Father, help me today. Help me as I go forth and teach your people the word. Thank you for strengthening my vocal cord. I'll be delivered to, to deliver this message with profound and sound doctrine. I pray less of me and more of you, none of me, and all of you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, you don't have to fear me. I don't have COVID. It just, it's the pollen. I think Mother, Mother Noba's out as well. Uh, we got quite a few people. Uh, Sister Bettis, they t- timed in this morning. They're battling with the same thing. So, uh, the rain we got last week wasn't, wasn't enough. We need some more rain. But what we have to understand, without the pollen, the bees won't be able to do what they do. And if these not do what they do, then we can't get what we need. So, Everything worked together for the good. It may be a discomfort now, but it works together for this good. Amen. So, are, are we are we loud enough? Can y'all hear me? Okay. Chat, are we coming through the system? Good. All right. When folks start moving, I'm like a bee. I start watching. So, today we talk about warning, frustration, overload. I was in my time before the Father, as always, and I said, no, what is it that you want me to relay to the people? And as you speakers, preachers know, when the Lord gives you something, the Holy Spirit brings something to you, you find yourself literally at a point where you're trying to decide, decide which route he wants you to go. 
and you have titles and you have thoughts, but it don't seem to come together until it's time to come together. Meantime, you're just in a process. And in that process, you're learning to hear his voice. I'm reminded as a, as a student of the Holy Spirit that he's supposed to lead and guide me into all truth. He leads me, not me. Right. All I have to do is, is do the applicable stuff that's to study, as Paul taught Timothy as his son, to study to show that self approval to God, a workman that need not to be a, what ashamed, but rightly divine the word of truth. So I've been that type of uh, pupil for the Holy Spirit is to be able to hear and to, to decipher what is to be taught. In my uh, biblical studies of training, I've learned to to have a a a, a, uh, a what I call a um, view of what the writer is saying. Actually, can hear his voice talking, though I never met him, and allow myself to bask uh, in the ambience of that, and allow the Holy Spirit just to kind of smooth it over and share what needs to be shared. So I don't I don't study to get a message to preach. Right. I I study to hear from God for me to bring to you what you need. So I'm one of those pastors or preachers that I just preach what the Holy Spirit gives me. Now, it may not always go the way people want to hear it, but it's always what he wants to, to be shared. I may never found yourself being frustrated in life. How many you can see, how many got some frustration issues going on now? Be realistic, let me see your hand. I mean, because it's, it's, it's reality. We all become frustrated in some things in life. Things can tick you off. A question. Does frustration, or can frustration deteriorate a relationship? How, how's that, teacher, of the year? Since, you, since you're shining and everything, tell me. You, you, you're, the, you're the girl. Yes. Um, Pitman, I mean, Mo, I'm sorry. Do I need to sit this down flat? Okay, good. I'm sorry. I call Pitmaster Junior. He's learned how to cook like me. Go ahead. He's going he's gonna to get the business soon. Uh, no, I was just saying um, you can get frustrated in a relationship with your partner due to lack of communication. Is that what you're asking? Okay, okay. Lack of communication. So, so due to a lack of communication, it can deteriorate the relationship. Why do we have a lack of communication in relationship based on frustration? Anyone that's involved in a relationship, whether you've been married or, or just dating someone, what, how does it affect the relationship to be frustrated? Because you, say you can't, because you can't express yourself right? Okay. Why can't one express himself? Is it because of lack of liberty? Or so much is going on that if you try to express it, it makes it complicated. Okay. Women don't have a voice. Okay. Uh, yes, darling. Or you feel like your opponent is not being received, but you can't put it out. Okay. Do, do me a favor. How about just go with the mic, go to the people holding the mic for them, since we're doing the uh, COVID uh, reservation. Uh, let them do it, Derek. She's going to do it. Let, let our uh, coordinator. Just If you're going to say something, raise your hand quickly, and, uh, and then she's going to hold the mic for you. That way we'll keep the distance of uh, separation. You're feeling like uh, your point is not getting put across, like you feel like you're uh, saying something clearly, but maybe they're not understanding you because what you're 
trying to put a cross, they're not picking it up or something. Okay. Like they're blowing you off almost. Okay. Anyone else? So hold the mic down. Let's look at the word frustration. I want everybody to read it from that. Help save my voice. This this define the word frustration. Please read. Uh, counselor um, Anita, how is that relevant to people today when it comes down to frustration in your field? What, what are you asking? I'm sorry. How does that definition relate <coughs> to people every day know? How does frustration relate to? Yes. How would how would they be? How would they line up? Are people being frustrated? <coughs> Let me try it again. We define the word frustration. A feeling dissatisfaction often comes by anxiety. How does that play out in people's lives when they're frustrated? Well, it's really like the mismanagement of your frustration is usually what sparks off the problems. I'm not sure if I'm answering. Okay. What, 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 what is that noise? Is it that mic? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cut that fan off of me. That may be the fan. Yeah, okay, now we're good. All right, let's try it again. Let me, let me try to rephrase the question. The definition of frustration is a feeling of dissatisfaction often accompanied by anxiety or depression, not that you can't read it, uh, resulting from unfulfilled needs or unresolved problems. So with people that have probably come to you in time, a lot of times would you not say their life is filled with frustration? Some of the situations, is, they've been... Well, that would be all of us. We all experience frustration from time to time. I think it's really like the mismanagement of that frustration is what actually causes the problems in people's lives. Hmm. Okay. So I hate that I put you on the, on the spot that way. I'm but, just hoping I'm grabbing whatever you asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you frustrated me now. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. You're good. But I, I, what, I'm, what I want to try to relate to all of us is that we all have moments that we over first, we're frustrated in overload mode. Because we have not allowed ourselves to separate other issues. Most of your frustration is a result of somebody else. It's not, normally it's not you individually. It's someone else that you allow to make you dissatisfied, unfulfilled. But happiness is an individual choice. Years ago, and I shared this story before, I had a... Um, he was, a, he was a medical doctor. He was a multimillionaire. And he invited me to his um, resort and, uh, up in um, Green Island Hill area at, at the lake. And he and I was talking about happiness. And he was wondering, how could I be happy being black and poor? I mean, he was just being as realistic as he could be. He's, I, didn't, I didn't take him out like I should have, but looking back, maybe I should have. But I didn't want to go nowhere. So... Um, I looked at him. I said, well, it's, I may, I'm black. But that doesn't change the factor of that. But what gives you the idea I'm poor? Where did that come from? He, on the, he, he was on the assumption, with the word, something had the word ass in it. He was on the ass assumption that I was poor, and I wasn't poor. I was black. I'm like James Brown. I'm proud of it. Okay. But I had to educate him on the fact that because someone of, another, of color that's not opposite you doesn't mean that they're 
lacking economics. But the question responded to him was, I choose to be happy. If I'm not happy, I do what it takes to make myself happy. In other words, I don't allow frustration of other people matters become mine. I used to do that a lot. As a pastor, it is, it's not uncommon for pastors to internalize other folk issues. I cannot manage your decision. Only you can do that. Let me say it again. I cannot manage your decisions or choices. That is individually selected. What I can do is manage how I allow you to frustrate me. I have a three-minute rule. How many know it's true? It's true. Nothing personal. I've already given you my resume. I have a three-minute rule. Now, him and Prophet saying they give you to Jesus come. I just don't have it in me. I wasn't made for that. Because it would frustrate me. If I get frustrated, I become less effective. So I'm going to be effective for you as your pastor. I have to have some, some, some barriers in place, some, some standards, a position that I don't allow myself to get so far involved that I miss what I'm supposed to be doing. In a lot of people's life, you're so involved in other folks' decisions that you miss on your own happiness. Now, does it make sense? Why are you stressed on all the folks' decisions? Can I say it again? Why are you stressing over other folks' choices and decisions? You all mad, hot and bald, and about to go into a cussing fit? Over what? That's their decision. And because you allowed them to frustrate you, and they're not even frustrated. That's the crazy part. They're not even frustrated. You're frustrated. You're frustrated because you see they're going down the wrong road, but they're not frustrated because they like going down the wrong road. So you try to prevent folks from going down the road they want to go. Tell your next neighbor, from this point on, you're on your own. Because life is about living. It's not about living for others, but living for yourself, for the glory of God. That word overload, it defines to overburden. How many have experienced being overburdened? Recently, I was watching a video of a pastor that was experiencing burnout, which is frustration. And he went before his congregation. He shared about a good hour setting, telling them why, what, and what happened. And, and it appeared that something went wrong personally. But what it was, he was so involved that he allowed himself to literally almost lose it. And he was stepping down for a season. Now, there is a reality. Sometimes we have to take a break. But a lot of times the break is because we're too involved. If your way play of working and living is so intense that you can't have any liberty, you're going to get burned out. So you got to make a decision how to brace yourself, how, how to span your time. So he talks about he's stepping down because of this and that and this. All that's a part of ministry, but what it was, he was too involved in people's lives. He was being that God. And sometimes people and his parents, we want to be in our children God's. And not let God be God. In the book of Numbers, chapter 20, verse 2 to verse 12, this is the story about Moses and Mary and Aaron. And verse 1 is not listed there. It's verse 1, it talks about Mary has now transitioned. She's died. And Moses is going through a phase of life of mourning. How many have ever been through a stage of mourning? Stage of grieving and, uh, and, and natural bereavement time. And from verse 1 to verse 6, 
Moses is being tested by the people of Israel. Look at verse 2. It says, there was no water for the people to drink at the place. So they rebelled against Moses and who? They rebelled against who? As I run it, both have to be have to be brothers. And the people blame Moses said, if only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord, Lord's people into the wilderness to die along with all livestock? Not just us, but the sheep, the lambs, everything's going to die on the livestock. And why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us to here, to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. This sound like black people. <laughs> no ham hog, no chillings, no pig feet. Just a sense of humor. And, and, and no water to drink. And Moses and Abraham turned away from the people and went into the, what, the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell down on the ground, and then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. Who did they appear to? What about the people? The reason why, because Moses Aaron went before the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. <clears throat> As the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and, if, if, and, and it will pour out its water. You will, provide, you will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. And their livestock. So it's and their land, livestock. In fact, read verse 8 for me again, please. Someone, everybody read verse 8. What did God do with Moses and Aaron? What did he give them? I mean, instructions are supposed to be carried out. And so Moses and Aaron are given the same instructions and related to the staff. And God says something a lot different than what Moses is going to do. In fact, read verse 8 again. Start when it says, speak to the rock. Read that, please. Speak to the rock. Right there. That's it. Speak to the rock. Where? So God gives what? Instructions and specific, a specific way it's supposed to be done. He says, speak to the rock over there. Y'all catching it? Yes, sir. Speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out what? It is water. How you get water from a rock? That don't make sense. That's not, that's not logical. For God to give it some instructions to give, put a rock out of water, water out of rock. That, that to me, I'm asking God, you sure about that? We, we all do it today. God gives some instructions. You still trying to question God, you sure about that? And God says you will provide enough water for the rock to satisfy what? The whole community. Not just the three and four of them. The whole community. Someone said the whole community. And what? And they're what? Read verse 9. Give me another bottle of water, please. So Moses <coughs> took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Verse 10. Then Aaron summoned the people to come and gather the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water? Oh, my goodness. Then Moses raised his 
water gushed out, so the entire community and their livestock drank their fuel. Stop right there for a moment. Go back to verse. Go back to verse nine. Now go to read verse ten again. Verse ten. Stop right there. What did that? What did that sound like? <laughs> you hot mad. So he said, "Listen, you blankety blanks." And he shouted. He didn't just say it. He shouted. How many of us shouted out of frustration? You try. You talk to your spouse. You raise your voice. Raise your voice to a level, and then they raise their voice to another level. And that whole house has got a lot of shouting going on. That's frustration. And Moses shifts from what God says to do to taking retaliation on the people. He started calling them out of their names. He called them rebels. Y'all see that? He calls them rebels. And he says, and he said, listen, you rebels. He shouted. He was so full of frustration. That he took it out on the people. Now, it's being very sympathetic, uh, empathy for Moses. His sister just passed in verse 1. So he's going to a mourning stage. And to be mourning and at the same time, got to deal with some jacked up folks who are, who are oppressing you about what they want. No, no consideration, no sympathy, just we want water. And if you don't give us water, and because you don't give us water, they start bringing up. Well, if you had not, if you had left us alone, we wouldn't be in the position we're in. Forgetting they was in bondage, there's being abused every day by the taskmaster, and some of the very taskmasters were some of the same people that were with them. So they start blaming Moses for their downfall, not just for the, not having water, but based on what he did, what God told him to do that he didn't really want to do, but he did anyway. He didn't want to go back to Egypt. He already left. And God interrupted to Moses' life to him go back to Egypt. <clears throat> so Moses now is in a predicament that most human beings would be. He was, he, was, he was upset. He was fired up. He was, he was at his end. You know, here I am. I came back to get you rascals. And y'all leave this place. And all you can do is attack me about water. That's frustration. And Moses says, you, you rebels. <laughs> he didn't just say rebels. He said, listen, you rebels. And um, go to verse 11. Read verse 11 for me, please. Verse 11. Now, notice here, God tells Moses to do what? Where? What did Moses do? When did he strike the rock? In the process of being frustrated. He's heard about his sister. She's, he's, he's mourning her death again. And now the people are at him about water. And they remind him again about him bringing them out. And all they can think about is what I want. And out of his frustration, he disobeys God. Which is more of a penalty. They called him out of the name. 
Because God said specifically, strike the rock over there. Let me speak to the rock over there. Is it possible out of Moses' frustration, he struck God? The God says, speak to the rock over there. Speak. And Moses, out of frustration, he takes his rod, which is a guide of a navigation in life, and he strikes the rock not once, but twice. And the rock gives out its refresher. And everybody's benefiting from it. And now God turns around and said, Moses and Aaron, because you've done this, because you did not trust me enough, verse 12, to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I'm giving them. So Moses missed out, entered to the promised land because he was frustrated to the point he struck God. He disobeyed God. How many times have we found ourselves disobeying God out of frustrating, frustration with people? It gives you specific information, instruction to give to the people, but because you would not yield to stay the course, you take your frustration out on God. If you get too cold, make the adjustment here. So Moses strikes the rock twice and here comes the water flowing you would think Moses out of his frustration he's got what he, he's done what he needs to do and only get another lash from God that said because you did not trust me enough not just trust me trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people you would not lead them into the promised land he didn't say you won't spend eternity with me he said you won't go a chance to enjoy the promised land on earth I want to encourage you, don't let people cause you to miss out on the promises of God. Out of frustration. Who are the people that can frustrate you the most? Name them. Good Lord, how much? That's going on now, then. They said children with a capital C. <laughs> why, why are your children frustrating you? If I may ask. Who said children? Okay, why, 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 get the mic. Let's go over there. She's on candy camera. Why is she's frustrated with her children? All right, so get, just, just say it. Just tell us. Grown <coughs> children, grown woman children. Okay. That don't, they want your money, but they don't want to do what you ask them to do. Okay. So why are you being forced to... Manage grown children. Because they messing up. Okay. Okay. Now, we're being realistic because yeah. this, is, this is true. They're doing things ungodly the way I don't approve of. Okay. So when I tell them the right way, the Bible way, mm -hmm. they do what they want to do. Okay. So what would be the answer to that? Let grown folk be grown. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard with kids. It is. It is. It is. But it's a trick. Why is it a trick? Well, it's not necessarily a trick as much as it is. There's, it's a twofold. It's a package deal. 
And so you don't want the children to suffer yeah. at the hands of parents who have the authority. And so that's where your prayer life come in. Because, you know, they can't, they can't surpass God. <laughs> and I call them, I call Father Come on here, quick. babe. Come on, talk I will call Father quick on grown church. Okay. You know, God is going to talk to you in about three days. Yeah. Fix yeah. all of this right here. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> Get your mind right. <laughs> And then, and then you, and then, and my thing is uh, with with our adult children because they do have their own way yeah. of thinking. Yes, yes. And like I remember when I was younger, and uh, mother might have had some some ideas. I thought my way was the better way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it it was okay, and sometimes I bumped my head. But at the end of the day, they have that same mindset. And what I try to do is let them know that, but we can evolve. See, of what I went through, you might not have to go through if you just hear the voice of wisdom. You know, and I didn't do uh, really a lot of disobeying my mother. I really didn't do that. So I would take what she said and tweak it. See, you can still, like, you don't have to do it all your parent way, but you can tweak it. Keep yeah. the wise part and then add your little spin on it. But it would also coincide with the scripture, verse 12, he said, because you did not trust me enough. Mm -hmm. If you're going to pray and leave it in God's hand, say what, babe? leave it in God's hand. Because <laughs> the purpose of prayer is to communicate your request to the Father mm. and wait for him to get a response. <clears throat> but if you put a request and then you still do what you're going to do, you're going to make the situation more complicated. Right. So you have to learn as a parent, as an adult parent with adult children, is learn to let them have life lessons. Because if you wasn't here, what was going to happen? You see, a lot of us parents live our life trying to grow up grown kids. And you go old not being happy. Okay, we try to manage grown kids, and the excuse is because they got children. That has nothing to do with it. Because if you're not here, they're still going to function whether you're here or not. So you have to learn to let people that are grown be grown. Because a lot of times when they're growing up, I can't wait to get grown. Now you there. You have now arrived to the occasion and let them live the life, life lesson. But because we don't stay back far enough, we got too much involved. We invested too much energy trying to make grown people do what they, they, they want to do opposite of you. Especially if it's a faith path. If they're not God, if they're not saying God, pray that they get saved, it's going to be even more complicated. Can I add something? Yes, ma'am. And then also, a lot of times, uh, like my grandmother did for me, she bypassed them. And taught us direct lessons. See, we can impart to our grandkids. If the parents ain't listening, my grandmother taught directly to me. Yes. She taught me how to do this. She taught me things. She gave me wisdom. And so, like, you know, I can bless my grandkids don't even look at the parents. You know, here you wore a pair of shoes. And then, you know, or here is your outfit, or here is your... That kind of thing, and then we, I talked to them face to face, my grandkids. I looked them in the eye and I speak yeah. to them things, life or wisdoms, things like that. And uh, I don't have a lot of that, but when I do have that, I, I can talk directly to the grandkids because I remember what my grandmother taught me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Um, I would say this too. Prophetess was very pivotal for me. I think it's a transition point okay. from teenage years into adulthood. 
and it's not just their transition. I think it's the transition for us as parenting. One of the biggest nuggets you gave me during that time when mine was being the extra knucklehead was the way you parent a child is mm -hmm. not the same way you parent an adult. Thank you. And your wonderful book of analogies, mm -hmm. you remember saying this, you said as a child when you prepare a meal, you said it before them, but they have to eat. Little bit more. But as an adult, you told me, they can say, I'll take a little bit of this. No, I don't want that. No, and you can't force feed them because now it's been grown. So I think part of that frustration probably is for the parent, too. It's a different style of parenting. So we're transitioning from parenting adult, I mean, children into adult children. So we're learning as they're learning. And that can all be frustrating at the same time. Mm -hmm. So we all can agree we all are facing frustration moments. What's another area that people get a lot? People get too frustrated. You find frustration in. On your job. Why? Why we let our job frustrate us? Well, it could be a very various reasons, but some of the reasons could be that you may be frustrated how your supervisor's handling something because you think you got a better idea. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I just had a conversation with my staff, and they were saying. Well, I think we all do. I said, well, you can think that all you want, but this is the way it's going to be. Okay. The director says this is what she wants done, and this is what we're going to do. So you do it or go. Easy. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to keep it together. Anyone else? First phrase on your job. Who all found being frustrated on your job, being in a situation. Why, 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 you, why you let your job frustrate you? Um, I think for me, um, I, um, with my job, I never have an opportunity to, de to detach from it. So I work 8.30 to 5, and then I'm on call 24-7. Mm -hmm. So it's a constant work, work, work in my mind, whether if I'm doing something else, I still have to maintain what I'm doing at the forefront of my mind at all times. So with that being said, there are moments where I get frustrated because one, I'm sick of this crap, mm -hmm. and two, um, if <laughs> people try to bypass me because who I am, they try to bypass me and try to get me in positions to get me in trouble. Okay. That frustrates me too. But if you notice, everybody's saying, damn. I'm letting them. You don't work for them. <laughs> so if you let them frustrate you, they dominate your freedom. And you take that home. And you take that in your atmosphere. And wherever you are, you got them in the calculation. That's good. We'll give some on that and help them out. Yeah, I think that uh, ultimately, even with the same situations, is that as long as you are doing your part, your portion, Yes. then uh, people are always going to have their thoughts, their opinions on how it should be done. You know, we have, uh, as many people in here, we have that many opinions on how world changes ought to be run. Yeah. I'm sure. But ultimately, it lies with the pastor. And it's the same thing on our jobs. It's the same thing in our, with our children. Mm -hmm. As long as you're, you're teaching the, the proper way or doing it the proper way, everybody has an opinion about how it ought to be done in the lead position. But that's all That's all it is. It's just opinions. In the meantime, you can't let what they think 
frustrate you or push you into a corner to where now you become ineffective. So who who's have been frustrated with your spouse? Okay. All right. So why why I guess the kids in the first grade their parents. Jeremiah said he first grade mama. <laughs> Is there any parent, a dog, a spouse who would say why you found yourself being uh, first grade with your spouse? Yeah, yes. That frustrated me because it was uh, consistent. It was often. And I just felt like that money should go somewhere else to pay other things that needed to be paid. Okay. But he said it was his money, so, and it was. And that was frustrating. So that did deteriorate the relationship. Anytime you're doing affects, I see uh, Deacon Miller, affects your spouse. You need to take that consideration because that's selfishness. If it affects the family where it caused a separation in the family because of a decision that you're going to make, then you need to reconsider the other person's feelings. Okay? Uh, Deacon Milton. Um, my frustration is with uh, business owners. And it, it relates as well to... Uh, family, okay. uh, spouse, because what happened is the business owner is not making the decision that should be made for my family uh, fast enough. Okay. And it's been two weeks, and, and I'm getting impatient, frustrated, <laughs> and it's, it's having an impact on my wife because okay. she made a statement that I'm not getting into it fast enough, okay. so to speak. In other words, making it happen. Okay. Uh, but it's a business. <coughs> In other words, the business people are not doing what they're supposed to do. So they're frustrating me, and I think I'm frustrating her because it's not happening. Okay. okay. So what I did, I went out and got someone else to do it, and they did it in three days, and these people haven't done it in two weeks. So it frustrated wow. me because I wanted to go with the first one instead of the second. So now... I'm having to decide, should I go with the second one? Because I'm thinking, and, and I'm frustrated because I'm thinking the outcome is not going to be acceptable. Okay. So it's, you know, it's kind of frustrating to the point where everyone is using the same excuse. You know because of COVID. Okay. And when he said that, you know, it, it just kind of took me to another level. And I had to pray about it. And I, and I told my wife, I'm not going to worry about it. And she said the same thing, there's no hurry. Okay. But I think it frustrated her the way that I was doing it. So okay. it did have an effect on, I think, on yeah. I think that frustration is a domino effect. The, 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 the children of Israel were frustrated. Yeah. And their frustration frustrated Moses. Moses. Mm -hmm. Um. And sometimes it's impatience that we are having that causes frustration. Sometimes we're not allowing patience to, make, to do its perfect work. And we have to be able to distinguish between uh, maybe moving on or just being patient. 
and not be frustrated in the process because even as believers, mm -hmm. we, we don't arrive anywhere necessarily overnight, but we can't get frustrated in the process because it'll keep us from fulfilling if we get frustrated. Again, we all acknowledge that we all have had moments of frustration. Mm -hmm. It would almost be some frustration for me now trying to deliver a message because of my, my vocal cord. But because of determination, I gotta do what I gotta do. I don't allow what could be a hindrance to be the hinder. I push past. And sometimes we gotta learn when we are facing frustration with people, is not be so allowed, don't allow to have that much impact on your life that you don't function in your normalcy. Because remember John 10, 10 says the enemy coming out but what? To steal, kill, and destroy. Why not use frustration as a method to separate people? To impact, affect marriages and relationships. Uh, my grandson, Jeremiah, raised his hand about him being uh, frustrated. What, what are you frustrated about, Jeremiah? Wisdom. He looked at his dad and changed his mind. He said, well. said y'all know I live with. Anyway, <laughs> my point is this. As you said in a moment ago, you said it's a domino effect. It is. Frustration is domino effect. What happens to the spouse, the head, happens to the spouse, happens to the children, even the dog roll over. You know, it's just the frustration affects the whole household. And because the children of Israel were at their own moment, not understanding the moment that Moses was having of his sisters died, they were only consumed about themselves. And out of that, Moses did opposite what God says. How many can say you done opposite what God says in a moment of frustration? You said it. They ain't doing it fast enough. They ain't coming around. You know, so I got to step and be, be mama. And God didn't tell you to be mom. He said, I just want you just to let me have my way. The Bible said, acknowledge him all that ways. He said, what? Direct that path. How can he direct your path if you're not following him? And one thing God never does, he never gives out instruction that cannot be carried out. The God told Moses from the onset, before he got frustrated with these people, he said, do this. Speak to the rock over where? I want you to say to yourself, speak to the rock over there. When you find yourself about to get overwhelmed, overloaded, over frustrated, speak to the rock. When you're about to cuss, speak to the rock. When you're about to act out in the flesh, speak to the... Y'all laughing, I'm telling you. You're going to speak to the rock over there because God says, speak to the rock over there because that's where I'm at. I'm the rock. And what's in the rock is me. And I'm going to give out of me to the, need, the needs of the people. Y'all didn't catch that. I will supply you every need. Is in a rock. But God, you don't understand. Don't, don't matter what you understand, but it's in the rock. I'm telling you, I'm telling you specifically, what you need to provide to the people is over there. All you got to do is speak to it. And what did Moses do? Out of frustration, takes his rod. Not hit it once. God, twice. Before he did it the third time, God said, let me release it now. 
God still was supplied, but God said, come and get you. So here's Moses missing out, him and Abel missing out, because they did not follow the instruction that God gave. Amen. Question again, how many of you have found yourself missing out on the blessing of God because you allowed your frustration to overwhelm you? You didn't take a break. How many know before you say something, do something, you have a moment of time not to do it? A moment of time not to say it. But out of frustration, God, you know I need this. God, I want this. And you do it anyway. And God said, listen, if you had just waited, if you had just waited, I would have did that bigger than that. Amen. How many ever did something before God said do it? Yeah. And one thing about God, he's so graceful. He'll give you the instruction that you need, and he's so loving, he'll tell you where the answer is. And we still do opposite what God says. Then when it go bad, God, what happened? <laughs> then God played the, 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 the video back. <laughs> How many had that experience? God played the video back on your life. Remind you. Yeah. Remind you. Well, see, I told you that. Don't ever tell me God won't tell you so. Okay, he will. But God said, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my whole, you didn't live out this thing long enough for me to show my glory, for me to be God like I'm supposed to be. He said, you would not lead them into the land and give land I'm giving them. He said, I'm going to give it to them, but you're not going to get a chance to experience that. My, God never uh, abort his promises. We walk away from the promise. Let me say it again. God never aborts his promises. Even in their rebellion, even in their rebellion, God still said they would inherit the promised land. It may not be them exactly, but they're truly going to inherit. Because sometimes we carry the wrong things into the promises where God said not to be. And a lot of times we do stuff, we tolerate, we go to frustration, we allow other folks' issues to become our issues. And when it does that, it, it separates you from hearing from God. Does this make sense? Yes, sir. Our last chapter, honey. Let's read verse Luke chapter 10. Now, this, now, remember, we just covered Moses and his dilemma. We all understand. We're all compassionate and sympathetic toward Moses because Moses had lost his, his sister. The very sister that rebelled against him. How I many know no matter what sometimes what family do, you still love them? Still love them. And Moses had lost Mary. She's died. And Moses in the morning stayed, and now Moses being attacked by the children of Israel. He reminded how they, he shouldn't have brought them out, blah, blah, blah. He didn't make them come out. <laughs> sure y'all catch that? Moses did not make them leave Egypt. They could have stayed, but they, they, they thought it was an opportunity, which it was. So they go through this process, and here Moses' life is now the result of him so involved with the people action that he does what God said not to do. In the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 to 40, to read this in that time, and I'll come back and I'll respond to it. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she had prepared. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here and do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. 
Mary had discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Y'all see that? Now, here's, here's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, mm -hmm. listening to the great teacher. Martha, on the other hand, so busy occupying trying to have an impressive meal that she could be sitting at his feet. And because Mary wasn't doing what Martha was wanting her to do, Martha get frustrated with Mary and tell on Jesus, tell Mary on Jesus, tell Jesus on Mary. That's not what we do. I'm gonna tell the Lord on you. <coughs> Martha is more consumed about trying to provide a meal that she was providing, while Mary has need to be at the feet of Jesus. And let me tell you something, men and women of God and church of God. Whenever you're at the feet of Jesus, don't worry about what Martha wants you to do. Come on. Teach that one. And Jesus come back and he basically rebukes Martha. He said, better yet, Mary's doing what she's supposed to be doing. She's sitting at my feet. She's being ministered to. You on the other hand, you're too busy worrying about all the preliminaries. Yeah. How many of us done that before? Worry about the preliminaries. So busy about the preliminaries. You got to be just right, just this. All you have to do is take the time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And what is the feet of Jesus? Is you taking time to get to know the Father for yourself. You can be so busy being busy, you're never getting it accomplished. You want to add something to that, honey? No, it's just good. I like the part where she says, Mary, Mary had discovered. Yeah. Mary had discovered it. And he it wouldn't even, and he said, and it will not be taken from In other words, I'm not going to hear your, your, your request to make her leave what she was <coughs> discovered, which was the better part. And sometimes we'll do that. We'll... You know, we'll, we'll try to get people to be on our side about something, small matter, when actually the, the person is where they need to be and doing what they need to be doing. And, and, and when we don't get the answer, that we'll get frustrated because people will come over to our little pettiness. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, for the sake of time, let's talk about what causes frustration overload. Number one, trying to please everybody. That'll frustrate you. Trying to make everybody happy. How many know you can't make people happy? Happiness is an individual decision. Frustrating to the point that you allow yourself to be so caught up trying to please everybody. There's only one you. If that one you was not designed to please everybody. Number two, read that for me. Internalizing <coughs> other people's issues. How many have done that before? Let me see your hand. Question is why? Why you turn out the issue? It ain't yours. You love them. Okay, you love them, but what else? It's natural. You want something different. But if they don't want something different, then why are you diving in? Why are you feeling the guilt that you got to fix it? If they are not trying to fix it. Because you know the outcome. Yeah, you know the outcome. <clears throat> but let's talk about, you know, now we're not talking about children. No. We're talking about grown people. Now, children, you got you expect them to go through this cycle of life, but when they get to a certain age of adulthood, you got to learn to cut the ties. You keep on speaking. Yeah, that's, that's <coughs> a lot of times what makes us move is our love and compassion. We know that we've been there, done that. We know what that road's going to lead to, and so you try to deter, you try to, you know, try to get them to see uh, the bigger picture. Sometimes people only see very limited vision or very tunnel vision, and you try to get them to kind of and see a broader picture. It can be frustrating. So when you internalize other people's situation, 
And not only do you have your own burden, but you got theirs now. And their burden is really outweighing you. Yes, sir. I was going to add to that. Go ahead. Uh, one thing I've learned <coughs> is uh, sometimes parents may internalize for their adult children because maybe you missed it in the area. And because you missed it in the area during your you know, parenting them, uh, it's almost like trying to make it back up. And it's really as something that's at the hands of something you did, you, you missed it in the area, but now you're trying to, you know, make that up in their adulthood and what their decisions are because you faltered in the area. Right. And I grew up in a house like that with my own father. You know, he, as adulthood, things that happened when we were children, he was trying to make it better because he stepped forward in the situation. So sometimes internalizing is uh, it's because you're trying to make something right that you messed up. Right. Change that mic. It might be that mic. Is well, I know even with that, okay. well, with that thought, that that's because that's exactly right. You know, when when parenting, uh, sometimes we we get the recipe wrong, but we made it that way because we were taught it that way. Good so when you're making a cake, you know, you, you left out that ingredient because you were taught that. But then you figured out, you know, you need this particular ingredient, so you try to add it in, you know, uh, and whatever, because you, you and now you want the child to understand it's better this way. I know you. I know you. I taught you mm. to make it this way, but if you add this one ingredient, yeah, it, it'll it'll be better. But sometimes the frustration of not having had it that way from the beginning will keep the child from actually receiving the better recipe, which is uh, that is it's just frustration mm -hmm. going around in a circle. Yes. You know, and you and you never stop parenting, guys. No. Okay, how grown your kids? You never stop parenting. It's just that you gotta learn how to parent. Right. In a distance, because they're gonna learn at some point. But if, if I know I'm teaching you money management, and you keep messing up your money, at some point I gotta stop giving you money. Because if I die, you, you got if you got it together, you don't have it together. So either they learn it in the learning stage. But once they get to a certain area of life, it's now for them to take responsibility. You can't keep investing in someone or some people who don't want, who don't want to be invested in. You become, a, you become a liability. You become a, not a liability, you become a, a, a enabler. Yes, ma'am. Um, what about like internalizing other people's issues for those who are just like less fortunate? Maybe they was just dealt the short end of the stick in life. Okay. It may have not, <clears throat> excuse me, been anything that they've done <clears throat> to be in this situation. It was just the hand that they were dealt. Sometimes I find myself internalizing those people issues, not necessarily somebody that put themselves in the situation. I, I would call that being charitable or related to where you come from. And a lot of times when we see people in a demised life situation, we, have more, we can be more sympathetic because you may have experienced that. So you have a heart for them, those people. So that wouldn't be our call internalized the issue. It's like I see it. If I could fix it, I would. And then that's because I, call, I would call that charitable. I call that compassion. That's compassion. You know, that, that's a good thing. But if the person doesn't want to come out of out, the situation, out of Lola Bar, yeah. then that internalizing it doesn't help yeah. them at all. You know, because they just, that's where they want to be. Yeah. And I'm not saying just give up on people, but you got to know when to cut. You got to know when to you know, cut the biblical cord because if you don't, 
it, it'd be stuck in your life. You, they, they would never grow to that place they need to go. So we need to not internalize other folks' issues, but have compassion for people. Number yes. three. Can I say something? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yes, ma'am. Also, sometimes internalizing the issue makes you ineffective sometimes, too. Because you take on more. Well, it's kind of like jumping in the, in, 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 the, in the rough waters and you on the boat. If you internalize, you might get in the water with mm. them instead of helping them onto the boat. You know, you, you become ineffective if you don't keep a, a better perspective of the situation and be able to, you know, help them from a, a different perspective. And let me reiterate about eternalize again. Being in the field I've been in as a pastor, my history has been internalizing other folks' issues that they weren't willing to deal with. I'm at home pressured that I got to fix this situation, and they're not even trying to do any repair. Is it possible that I'm walking in a guilt? that I feel I haven't done enough, but when I've done more than enough because I'm only created being for God's work, I'm not God, but sometimes we put ourselves in the place of God. If I help them through this, then they'll be good. If I help them through that, they're still no good. If I provide transportation for them, they'll pre- then the transportation wasn't enough. How many know some people you can't do enough for? I've learned, counsel, the people that you do so much for will be the one to walk away from you. Sometimes. At some point, yeah. The, the story is, of life, is to teach them how to fish right. and not fish for them. Right. Now, for me, fish for me, clean them, <laughs> I'll take it from there. Yes, ma'am. Very well, it, it, and you can speak on that as well. It affects a person's health personally because you, you're carrying their burden. You're trying to be the all-fisted person to the point that you have stress, you lose sleep at night, you battle with anxiety, and you get to a place of, dis- of depression, all because you're trying to take what they're not willing to deal with and make it yours. See, the Bible says every man can bear his own burden. Bear your own burden. Every man has his own cross to bear. I'm not called to carry your cross. I'm not called to be your burden bearer. He's the burden bearer. He said, take it from my, my yoke disease and my burdens of life. He's the one that I direct you to. But if I keep directing you to me, you never go to him. And when it don't work out, you get mad all at me, but you get mad at him. Right. So keep me from losing my health. I've learned not to internalize people's situation over three minutes. Because in the first two minutes, I already know you ain't trying to change. I ask the question, do you want to vent or do you want to have help? Now, most men, would you not say men, we are more, we want to do the resolving the problem. And most women want to talk about the problem. And then, and I know I heard some. I know I heard someone say, well, "Are we supposed to bear one another burdens?" Yes. Yes, bear one another. That means there's two people actually Involved. doing yes. something. But when you have one that's not wanting to participate, they just want you to bear their burdens, but they're not willing to to, to be a part of the process of of the help 
that's not bearing one another burdens. That's not doing that. And so um, that's where you can get, uh, where you're internalizing, you're trying to have more for this person than they want for themselves. Yeah. And now that's where your frustration can come in. At. And be okay with people wanting to do the way they do it. Yeah. If you learn that, you won't be frustrated. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just certain things about, I've learned in life, whatever a person wants to do, they want to do it. If they committed to, to things, God, they could. If they're not committed, I'm not concerned about that. I'm not here to make you do right. I'm mean, encourage you to do right. I'm not. I'm not. Having, I'm not being called to God to make you be in a cult. Tell me when you go on vacation. When you coming back? How far are you now? No, that's not my concern. How should you do your hair this week? No, that's not my business. My responsibility is to teach a simple God that y'all can live by. If you don't take that for what it's worth, and then you make it complicated, then that's your own frustration. And don't get frustrated with me because I'm not willing to sit down and talk to you all day about the same situation. Because some people like to talk about the same issue. That's frustrating. Am I right about that? Yo, know, as a counselor, how many times you hear the same problem over and over again? Well, you paid to do that. I, well, it's not. <laughs> but even being paid, you say, wait, but that's enough now. Because that's some, there's certain stage you got to move on at some point. Even the grieving, there's certain phase you got to move on at some point. You don't stop grieving, but there's certain phase you start moving toward. If not, you'll be stuck. So when it comes down to dealing with people, the issues, if you don't learn to separate that from you and not be a, 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 have a bashful behavior about it, but have a mindset, listen, I'm going to do what I can do at this point, but beyond this, I can't do no more. Mm-hmm. After I don't pray, what more can I do? We have some prayers. God does. Not pray then. I'm not God. I'm God's servant. Moses was God. God Moses was God. God Moses was God's servant. All Moses had to do was to speak to the rock over. Amen. What did he do? Bam, bam. And I think we got to learn how to break the line of frustration. Yes. Because frustration, like I said, can beget frustration. So you got to learn how to break the line of frustration by, like, like you said, you have one person, they're frustrated. Mm-hmm. Let's say adult children, because that's what we was talking about. Adult children, uh, you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're frustrated, and then they come, and then their actions may frustrate you. But at some point, somebody's got to break that line yes. and and not allow it to continue, because then that's when the kids, now we frustrate the kids. Because I'm frustrated now. What I do, I take it out on the kids. Yeah. Kids go to school. They're frustrated by the parents, so they take it out on oh, their okay. classmates. Bullies, yeah. So it's a, it's, it can ripple be an ongoing ripple effect of frustration. But if somebody doesn't break the line and make a better decision about the, about what's being passed on, it's, it's just going to be a continual cycle. Then they come here to church, they're frustrated out there. They come in here and they, they frustrate church members. Mm-hmm. And then the church members go home, now they frustrated, you know, and, and then they go home to their unsaved loved ones. And, and yes. this is what the Lord did for you because you don't come home, you frustrated them. Mm-hmm. So it can, if we don't break the cycle, <laughs> you don't break the cycle, we can mess up a whole lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be an usher, but you're usher for us You're mad, you're mad, usher for a man. Over there, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Strike the chair. <laughs> <laughs> number, n- number three. Read it. Number three. Being a trash can for others to dump into. I mean, I've experienced that. Yeah. Put the lid on the can. Better yet, don't be the dumper, the dump can. Because people will bring their problems to you, and they want to leave it with you. Bring the problem, 
But the problem solver is not me. Because right. I keep letting you dump stuff in me. A lot of times people dump stuff in you that they, don't, they, want, they know they can't dump somewhere else. Right. So you got to be very mindful. Don't let people dump stuff inside of you. Right. Number four, not having any me time. I mean, I mean, no, that's important. If you don't take time for you, who is going to do it? Right. You'll be so frustrated. You go on vacation, not on vacation. You ever did that before? Yes. On vacation, but not on vacation? Yes. Because you're still dealing back with stuff back here mm-hmm. that should be dealt with back here and not here. Right. Number five. Trying to, you want to say something? No, I was going to say, how many slabs of ribs you go? <laughs> <laughs> See? Five. Okay. I hear what the first Number four. Number five. Five, mama. <laughs> Trying to live up to others' expectations. Can that be frustrating? Yes. How is that frustrating? How can that be frustrating trying to live with other expectation? Because it's different. We all different. Mm-hmm. Should we live with other people's expectation? No. Why? Why not? Yes, ma'am. If you, it, it just depends on if you agree to it. You know? right, the question is, why? Why should we? Why or why not should we live with other people's expectation? It just depends. Say it again. Okay. And how the first yes, ma'am. And then they can be unattainable expectations. Yeah. Okay. I don't think people will place expectations on you or something that you cannot do, and or something that they can't do mm-hmm. either, but they will put those expectations on you. Okay. And you should let it. Mm-hmm. If 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 it's beyond your scope, beyond your ability, it's beyond your ability. If you do beyond your ability, you become frustrated. Not only with the task they're giving you, but the fact that you can't fulfill the task. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes frustration. Yeah. Because you see that in kids a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. Because parents didn't accomplish a certain thing. Yeah. They put that on their kids to do. Yeah. To fulfill them. Yeah, because you could be a chili. Don't make your child chili either. Right. <coughs> <coughs> I, I think that that's where we probably need to put uh, a definitive information yeah. in there. Because trying to live up to others' expectations, uh, sometimes it, on the flip side of that, you know, when, when somebody hit a certain level, when they hit that level and you know they can hit it, yeah. that's an expectation now. That's a goal that's, that's a goal being met. But if they choose not to hit that, then the expectation is, but you can do that. And that, that's even in our children. We know what our children are capable, capable of. And when we say, well, you can do this. You know, we don't, you know, th- that expectation is not to say our expectation, but we, we know what you're capable of. Even mm-hmm. as a pastor, mm-hmm. you, you have expectations on, on your leaders yeah. because they, they've hit that mark. Yeah, yeah. And so anything less than that mark is, un, you know, is unacceptable. Well, I'm referencing more to trying to live up to others' expectation beyond right. what is required of you. Right. And that's why we need to call, draw the line. Number six, too heavily involved. How, how would that make one frustrated? How can that make me frustrated? Too heavily, too heavily overloaded. I'm too involved in, in, in the situation that 
sometimes we just need to give, if, you know, give some some wisdom, mm -hmm. uh, get advice, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and at the end of the day, leave it there and let that person make their decisions and choices. Um, sometimes we get too involved by, you know, trying to be their catch-all. Okay. And, and, and that can frustrate you, especially when you have... Does that make sense, darling? Does that make sense what she said? Too heavily involved. Too heavily involved. But that's my family. That's, that's my children. That's my grandchildren. But you're too heavily involved. You, you got to learn how to pull back. It's not a sin to pull back. It's not to, you shouldn't feel guilty for, for pulling back. Because you're too heavily involved. It's making the most, decision more complicated. Yes, ma'am. I was going to say that, but I do know, because sometimes that you can be made to be, you know, feel like you're, you're, you're feel guilty. Guilty, yeah. For not. Doing enough. You know, doing enough. Because if something were to happen, you would feel like, I should have <coughs> did. You know, but that's why, that's the part where we have our faith now. Now I yeah. got to lean and depend on my faith, and that's our task now. That's our burden now. Mm -hmm. That's our cross to bear. And so all, all of us will have the experience that who have children is that one day you'll have to bear that burden of your adult children not necessarily making the best decisions and you have to live with their choices. And, uh, and even if they got children attached to them, yeah. um, your, your prayer is, Lord, you know, I, I roll over all the time throughout the night. He'll tell you. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm constantly in prayer in, in my conscious state. Mm -hmm. Even if sometimes I feel like I wake up praying, mm -hmm. just m muttering under my breath yeah. prayers for not just my biological, but just the children. Number seven, last but not least, you don't know how to say no. Mm -hmm. That can be very frustrating. And that can cause that um, overall overload is to say no doesn't require explanation. Right. And for some reason, we feel if I tell a no, I got to tell them why I can't do it and why it's not available. The answer is no. So everybody say no. no. But why do we find it complicated to tell people just a no without explanation? Or they sit there and wait for explanation. That's it. Mm -hmm. So the, the bottom line is we got to get to a place in our life that we don't allow the frustration of others to make us frustrated. I'm learning. As a 58-year-old man this year, that I've done so much out of frustration that I missed out on so much I could have done. I'm called a pastor, not to be God. I've been called to live a righteous life to please him that others can see that they can do likewise. I cannot make you choose the things of God. You have to choose it individually. As we stand to our feet, I want you to take in consideration how has today's frustrations impacted your life at this point that you lost some liberty? Out of the application that we've shared, if there are any of those that fits your description of where you are now that needs to change, I'm going to ask you to come and stand in this pulpit, stand up at 
right as his altar. And let us have a prayer of unity. That God can pull you up out of this. Because when you're frustrated, you make frustrated decisions that cause repercussion. Moses, out of genuine heart for God, loved God. He struck God. Because the people were permitted to frustrate him. And you don't want to do that in this season of our life. We want to be able to hear the voice of God. I want to hear when others are not hearing. I want to do what others are not willing to do. When I first woke up this morning, I, I, I had my episode with this pilot. I could have easily said, you know what, I'm not going to go to ministry because my voice is not going to do it. But when you call, you got to do what you got to do. I gave the disclaimer. I don't have COVID. But this pilot is just a, it's a beast, man. But I'm going to do what I need to do to, to not be frustrated with myself. Because that was the moment while I was in, I got a little frustrated with myself because I'm ready to deliver the message. Thank you for helping. So I want to I want to release this burden that's on God's people to be a fist all. I want to release you from this burden that you gotta make everybody happy. The person you need to be happy is you. If you don't make you happy, no one's gonna do it. If you don't take a position in life to say, you know what, this day for, I'm not going to be frustrated with the bills that I created. If you create a bill, you can't be frustrated, you got to pay it. So I'm going to ask you to, if you would just pray for the people. That God would give them their desire, desire of their heart. Deliver from frustration. Amen. Father, we bless you. We thank you for this opportunity, right, just to come before your throne yes, of grace. Lord. To offer to you, God, what we have been carrying. Unnecessary burdens. Yes. Unnecessary weights. Unnecessary pains and hurts. Assignments that weren't ever given to us. We went above and beyond what we were supposed to. And in some things, Lord, that's frustrated us. We, we tried to be you in this situation as opposed to letting you be God and so God we ask you to forgive us for that forgive us for overstepping our boundaries Lord help us to to understand and be able to process properly the things that we are to do when it comes down to our situations help us not to be frustrated so that we can think clearly hear your voice clearly Lord help us to guard our hearts and guard our minds that we not be tormented with thoughts and visions on if we don't do this and do that, that this will happen or that will happen. Help us, God, in that area. Help us to stay focused that we will be able to hear your voice in the situation and not be moved by the carnality of our minds. We know that you are greater and able to do all things. And God, help us in our faith. Help us to trust you, lean and depend on you, Know your, your, your ability, God, that there's nothing past your reach. So continue to grow us up that we'll know just how great and just how big you are. And we won't find ourselves in these places of frustration because we have forgotten the power and the authority that you have. So God, guide our hands and guide our feet. Keep our thoughts. 
help our families and our, our children and our children's children. Help our co-workers. Help them to, to understand your presence. In you. And God, use us for that. Use us to, to demonstrate your presence. In the situations, Lord, in every situation, use us to show your un, 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 unconditional love so that they'll know that your presence is everywhere in us, Lord God, even in just a smile, Lord. Help us to guide our tongue and not kill our witness and frustrate our, our families and co-workers. Help us, Lord, not to frustrate our children. Help us to, to use the proper words and the proper advice and the proper wisdom. Help us, God. And God, at any time, Lord, let us be able to see to when to move and not be a part of the frustration, but to break the cycle of frustration. So we stand here, God, for you to use us for your glory. Grow us up, Father. Open up our hearts and our ears that we can hear your voice and be a part of the solution and not the problem. Help us, God, that uh, we would always demonstrate your love in this earth. Keep us, God, and we'll be kept. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And we say amen. And we receive the word today. Amen. Do we not? We receive the word today. Use us for your glory, God. Amen. Bless you. Amen. You guys can go back to your seat. If there's anyone today that don't know Jesus Christ in the part of your life.